see you on a lovely spring evening. You are listening to the Lance Day Radio Network on WVOL, on our affiliates all across the country. We're doing something that we haven't done in a long, long time. We're actually trying to simulcast the show on Facebook. I don't know exactly how that's going to go. Me and Adriana, I know, have some have some live shows going on in the very near future. But it's very good to be here. We're going to we make it a, work. We have an extremely important topic that we're talking about today on the show. I have Isaac Palmer Jr. with me, as you're used to hearing his voice for, for coming in specifically to talk about healthcare-related topics. But what we're talking about, we've been we've been wanting to do a call-in show for quite some time. And if you're if you're listening and you want to call in and discuss this topic with us, the number is 615-953-0317 at 615-953-0317. Call in to talk to, to Isaac and myself. We're talking, Isaac, and, and I'll let you take it away. I mean, this is this is such a very important topic that's pertinent. I've seen I've seen this percolating on, on your Facebook and social media page as someone that's a leader in the healthcare community. I think it's a discussion that that we have to have. And, and yeah. you and I yeah. you and I have these great discussions off air that are that are very private and, and intimate. We can't really discuss publicly but we've talked about i don't know if it's black culture i don't know if it's male western culture but there there is a serious healthcare issue of people that refuse uh, to get treatment and right. refuse to and, and you and i you you being a you and i both being in healthcare administration it it specifically harms our people People of color, men, yeah. men of color that that refuse whether it's whether it's cancer treatment, prostate treatment, diabetes treatment, neuropathy treatment, so many things that could go wrong with their body that can be managed if detected early. But and if we allow these things to fester for years and years, they they become life threatening issues, and and it's a huge issue we've seen with we've seen with COVID people delaying care. It exploded it, and and now you it have people it. that had stage one cancer or small tumors that have turned into stage three cancer and you're really in a fight for your life when, when otherwise you would have had a 90% survival rate. So we're, we're talking about Isaac and I are, are talking about that today on, on the show where we're taking calls and, and, and we want to hear from, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from, from people on your experiences with, with, with healthcare. Um, why is there a lack of trust? Why, why is what, what do you think Isaac is someone that's seen it at the macro level and in, in built networks? That's an interesting question. So I'm going to get to that. First, let's talk about COVID. COVID, a blessing of COVID. If there is a blessing of COVID, it has pulled back the the layer, the veil to show a massive decades old, hundreds years old uh, lack of resources and participation from men and blacks. Mm -hmm. And so you and I happen to be both of those. Right. And that, that it's hurting us doubly. Definitely. But it, it is showing us that something like coronavirus, uh, something like diabetes, something like can take us out. Right. Uh, because and, and, and it's and it's generally manageable right. chronic diseases, generally curable chronic diseases. But because of uh, our our lifestyle habits. You know, how often we see the doctor, uh, how often we ignore things, uh, uh, racism itself, uh, we are doubly impacted by this. So I, I want to talk tonight okay. about, first let's talk to men. I, I want to hear from men. Let's not make it a black thing yet. Let's, okay. let's talk to the men about what is it that, so my, my famous quote from my grandfather is, you go to the hospital to die. I mean, that, yeah. that, that would come up. With hey, you know, granddad, you got something on your arm. You, right. you, you that look like well, you go to the hospital, die. He said that all the way to the end. Mm. And how it, we've all we all have that uncle, we all have that father, we all have that grandfather. But there is something pervasive in men's culture that deny, deny, deny. Don't get checked. Don't right. get checked. And I want to know why. I think it's one of the least researched areas in America. It's of a, course, because it, it impacts black men. So, it, I mean, well, uh, well, yeah, right. right. Who, who's who's looking out for black men? Northwestern. Yeah, let me. Yeah, let's get our little violin. Who's looking out for black men? But we sit at the worst health outcomes yeah. across the board. Across the board. 
life expectancy. Uh, 71 years. 71 years. That's four COVID, years shorter down, than our, our, our female counterpoints. To took off another year. COVID yeah. took off another year of black men's life expectancy. And so those of you all that are watching, I want to hear you in the comments. I want you to call in. Uh, 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 Jay gave out the number. I want to know. I mean, you're one, you're one of two guys. You're one of two guys. You're, you're either a guy that takes care of his health, and so I want to know why. I, I want to know what about your doctor you liked. I want to know what about your upbringing said this is something that you want to take care of. Or you're the other guy, the majority. I don't know if people are going to admit that they won't take care of stuff. But, um, but it's, it's, it's very funny just as a person that, that played a little bit of sports. Part of culture taught to, to play through the pain. Play through the pain. So, That's the other one. I, I walk it off it, and I'm I'm you know far from an elite athlete but just playing in the the small level that I played through hey if your knee is is tingling or twitching unless unless that thing is turning purple you're out there trying to trying to play and and don't don't look to your coach to look for any mercy for for any time off to heal we we adopt that culture as young people so we adopt that culture in, in high school, um, on the football field, and on the basketball court, and on, on, on the soccer pitch, so to speak. And that, and that culture permeates into adulthood, uh, yeah. where we have these injuries. And we just kind of think about, oh, I'm getting a little bit older. You know, I can't really feel my baby toe anymore, <laughs> but I'm, I'm getting a little <laughs> bit older. You know, I have this, 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 this wound on my arm that is yeah. not really healing. But those are often signs of very serious health conditions that if left unchecked, uh, like you said, can can literally take take you off the planet Earth. Now, I want to talk about my story. I've said this before. I have, as you know, Isaac, I have Lyme disease. And my experience with having Lyme disease, this is about 2010, I started having serious uh, symptoms just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Literally was, was at a uh, barbecue started feeling a little nauseous went home said i'll sleep it off still was feeling a little nauseous three 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 four days later um i noticed that i started having dizziness i started having dizziness i started having um just constant vertigo and i started having tingling in my legs not hands but tingling in my legs I walk it off for about two weeks, but at, at a, eventually after two weeks, I'm still not feeling well. And I'm at that time, I'm only 30 years old. So you're, you're not supposed to feel bad at 31. Right. So now we're at I'm week not two. able to play basketball. I'm not able to do my workouts. We're, any, we're any week two things. when you have yet to see or talk to a healthcare professional. Oh, right? heck no. I wasn't going to no doctor okay. back right, then. Right. I mean, there's just absolutely no chance of me going to a doctor at uh, that, that particular time. I'm going to put a pin in that. We have, we're, we're going to go, we're going to go to the, to the first caller. Uh, calling in from uh, D.C. I have my man Bryant in D.C. calling in. Uh, Bryant's actually been on the Paragon Cup. So Bryant was, I believe Bryant was a, a top 10 finisher in the Paragon Cup a few years ago. But I'm going to go to the phones and have my man uh, Bryant Gadine call in. What's going on, Bryant? Good to have you on the Lance J Radio Network. Um, how, how are things going? Thanks for calling in. Uh, what's going on, gentlemen? What's going on, Mr. Palmer? Long hey, time, hey, Bryant, what's going on? Um, well, I want to say that this is definitely important that, you know, as I've gotten to my uh, early forties, that health is something that, um, is, is big. But when I was younger, I felt like I was invincible. I felt like I, I could just do anything if I sprained my ankle, just tie my shoe real tight and I'd be fine. If I uh, scraped my knee, I didn't have to, um, I didn't have to do anything other than just, you know, suck it up and move on. But what I learned, um, cause I work in public health is that, you know, that mentality just sets us up for a, a bigger fall later on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've had some, some health challenges, uh, had two, uh, both kneecaps moved up a couple of inches, uh, severed, uh, patella tendons. And, um, that really woke me up. Um, 
it really woke me up to the point to the point those, where I was like, okay, I'm not injuries, invincible. Were those work injuries, Bryant? Were those sports injuries? Were y'all playing ball? How? Oh, those were those are those are sports injuries. Okay. Um, I was on the court when both of those things happened. Uh, both times driving to the lane in my um, in my late twenties, and then oh. again in my early forties. Um, both legs. Uh, Brian, but did, did you did you you know it did, was it was something I never saw my dad my dad and I never talked about going to uh, the hospital going to see the doctor um, it was just something that just wasn't talked about in right. in my circle mm. um, even at school you know you were kind of labeled as you know a punk if you had to go right. uh, to the uh, to the hospital for anything you know other than a, a routine physical that was it it was mm-hmm. a physical to get into school. Um, but like I said, as I gotten older, um, I realized just how important it is to have a uh, routine checkups to talk about, um, family, family history. You know, I come from, there's, uh, asthma on one side of the family, diabetes on another side, and I'm dealing with older, um, aunts and uncles that are now, you know, falling, uh, victim to, you know, diabetes found out that my grandmother died from an aneurysm. There are mm. so many things that are not discussed in, um, especially in the African-American community as far as health. And that leaves the generations behind, you know, just, just walking around in the dark without any light. Now that's a, that's a um, great point. Isaac, so, you know, I want to jump in, Brian, cause we have a lot of, we have calls, a lot of calls coming in. Isaac, you had a question. Yeah, real quick for, Brian. for the, the, the knee problems you had, what, took you to the doctor was it an ambulance was it urgent care did you decide that you needed help what 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 brought you to the doctor um most of the times it was a friend because i couldn't take myself okay because i was um i was hurt uh you know one time was my 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 girlfriend at the time um another time it was another guy that was on the court um, I have ridden in an ambulance before, and that was when I just ignored just simple health things like drinking water um, and, you know, just exercising where my kidneys were um, maybe about a week away from shutting down. And I had to ride in that ambulance and that was humbling. And I had to spend the night um, in the hospital with at least six different IVs over the span of the 24 hours. Thank you very much, Brian, for calling in. Uh, we, we we appreciate you calling in. We got the lines lighting oh. up. We got quite a few people that 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 are calling and, and want to chat. What we're going to do is we're going to go, we're going to cut to a break, and we'll be back with more of the Lance Day Show after these messages. That's some beautiful thing. Why don't you give it to your wife? My wife? How am I going to give it to my wife? I ain't married. You got a girlfriend? Yeah, I got a girlfriend, yeah. So marry her. Hey, you for real? I'm asking you to middle a diamond for me here. Now, all I want for my end is 8,000. What I'm saying to you is you should give it to somebody that don't know any better because that's a fugazi. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. James Lewis. James Lewis is the Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. That was interesting. So, Jeremy, that's what I think about your song. You get the you get the Mike Tyson's punch out, Blast Joe, <laughs> knockout, TKO. Jeremy's texting me right now. He's calling me a jerk for hanging up on him. Um, you are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. You don't know me. Probably never will. But I need you to do something for me. Something that could literally change everything. You'll never get a thank you card. And yet, I need you to do it. And if that weren't enough, I need you to do it as soon as you are able to. If you do this for me, I'll do it for you. And for every single person you love. Deal? This is our shot to leave COVID behind. You're listening to the Lance
And we're actually going to go back to the phones. We have the we have the lines lighting up. People people calling in. Uh, this this individual has also been on on the Paragon Cup for the Land State Radio Network, the Sports Talk version, and has a fantastic ministry that he's involved in. Where he's talking about a lot of these same things, Isaac. He's talking about right. um, men's health. He's really focused on mental health. Okay. Um, really mental and spiritual health. But this is Pastor Myron Edmonds, pastor of Grace Community SDA Church in Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, Myron's calling in. Uh, thanks a lot, Myron. Good, good to hear from you, man. What's what's going on? Uh, uh, great to have you chime in. But I've I've come on this show, man, to establish some order. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> I, I I can only assume that if Lance J and Isaac Palmer are on, uh, are on the air at the same time, that it requires a level of maturity and order that can only come from me. That's why I'm here tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Caller, do you have a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, where is the order, so, uh, Pastor Edmonds? Well, 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 first of all, the two of you guys have um, – have all had stunted uh, development in terms of your maturation process. We have known this for years. Uh, nevertheless, you're talking about such a serious subject tonight. I figured that you would need a word of wisdom to step in here and save this entire show from utter failure. So that's why I'm here. That's pretty much why I'm. Here. But what is what is the word? What are you you're beating around the bush, man? What what's the word? Let's get let's get to it. Well, I mean, first and foremost, the word is this. I don't – listen, I have fought with both of you. We both played on an intramural basketball team, and both of you have complained over the years about how I took too many shots in said intramural basketball I don't know team. Isaac cared. I recall I, – well, Isaac did care at the time, if you recall. Okay. He was always bellyaching about not getting enough play time. <laughs> now, this guy has no hoop skills whatsoever. And then James – who, uh, you know, Jay, I, I, mean, I mean, between you and Isaac, I, I mean, I guess I can say that uh, if Isaac is in kindergarten and you're in, you know, I don't know, second grade. Yeah, I mean, I, I played, I played, this is, this is where you, you get on dangerous ground. I mean, I played varsity basketball at Pine Forest just like you did. Um, I did not play as much as you did. But uh, if I remember correctly, you did not start senior year. You actually sat behind Larry Perry and you sat behind quite a few people. So, um what? Actually, that, that was not- <laughs> that was junior year. That was your junior year. That was your junior year. But um, Myron, the, the myth- Myron, Pastor Edmonds, do you see your doctor regularly? I don't care about your basketball really? career. I don't care about your gym shoes. Do you He's see your doctor CEOs, regularly? Man. <laughs> okay, man. In all seriousness, man. Actually, I'm glad you guys are tackling this subject. I'll say this uh, uh, to both of you. Uh, I've actually been trying to push for men's health in general. I do think that there is a stigma uh, with mental health. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's probably a stigma in general with men and health. It's mm. almost a sign of weakness. Yeah. If one. And I, and I was talking with uh, Isaac earlier. I think men haven't really been given permission uh, to take care of themselves. Uh, the whole concept of self-care and preventative health right. and things of that nature don't jive well with the toxic masculinity that we have been given. And if I can just talk from a cultural perspective, I'd I say especially black men, I know what we're talking about, I'm a, who I'm sure Isaac has already pointed out, we're at the bottom of almost every health outcome category. And I don't think that's just because we don't eat right and we don't have great lifestyles um, compared to our counterparts, but there's enough research out there that says being a black man in America in particular is, is hard on your health. Yeah. Mm, um, stress. Um, and, and so, yeah, because of the stress. And I think a lot of the stress um, is the stress of basically trying to survive living in this country. And so when you're in survival mode, it's really difficult to think that, 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 that seeing a doctor or seeing a therapist is not a luxury, right? When you got to mm. pay the bills and when you got to, you know, pay child support or when you got to care for your family. A lot of guys literally see, and especially if you grew up poor, a lot of guys see going to the doctor or going to a therapist as something that white folks do. Mm. Letting you let your family down by wasting money. Yeah, and, and it's seen as privilege. Right. I mean, really, yeah, we, we don't do that. I mean, right. 
My dad didn't go to the doctor until they got sick. You know, our people in general didn't do that. So I think what you guys are doing is important. I think we've got to send the message that we are better. We are better to our families. We're better to our communities when we take care of ourselves. And I'm glad to see, and I think you guys probably seen as well, we have a new generation that seems to be more conscientious about these things. So um, I think we're, we're in a good place right now in terms of trending upward, but there's still a great population of our folks who, for whatever reason, if it's social stigma, if it's racism, if it's lack of access to health care, that's a whole other conversation. Maybe you guys have addressed that as well, um, who, just, uh, who just are not taking advantage of it. And brothers are, dry, uh, are dropping left and right. Let me say one more thing. I, as you know, I'm in, I joined the military uh, about 18 months yeah, ago as a that. chaplain just because I wanted to serve. And one of the big, one of the big issues in the military, why they are literally begging, I'm 44 years old, they're begging chaplains and mental health care professionals uh, like me who can barely pass a PT test to join the military is because they're struggling with suicide mm. in the military, mm. in the Air Force mm-hmm. in particular, had record-breaking numbers of suicide because of what people are experiencing. A lot of these uh, are, are men. And so, again, there, there's a cry from corporate, there's a cry from the military, there's a cry from the government. Help us deal with these men. A lot of the men in the military, as you know, are minorities. And so um, I just think the message has got to get out there that, look, we are no good to anybody else if we're not taking care of ourselves holistically. So we got to we got to put a pin in that last statement and come back to it. No good to anybody else. But what I heard you say is even if we got over this masculinity thing and you're not tough and walk it off as black men, we still have. Uh, we're getting hit from the other side, just being black, racism, and 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 all of that, the Stress. lack of access. Right. So, and, and that's what I started writing about is we're at the intersection of these two things where the system is working against us and we are working against us as men. This attitude of, I don't need to. And so we got, we got to figure it out. I, I, lo- I love the call. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great that's a great call, Myron. Thank you so much for 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 calling in. And and if you follow Myron Edmonds, Pastor Myron Edmonds, rather it's LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, he has a fantastic group that that I'm a part of, the the Winning Circle, where he really works with. It's a it's a safe space, Isaac, where men can come and talk about uh, health issues, spiritual issues. Um, I think of Myron as more of a mental health person, but but I've I've seen people testify about feeling comfortable talking about vices, addictions, failures. And one of the things that Myron brought up that I really love, he talks about the fact that a lot of men don't have friends. Yes. They don't have people. Yes. Talk. Now, you have a brother, and you have, you, know, yes. you might be able to have conversations with your brother that, that are one-on-one. Y'all are relatively close in age. Myron has uh, two brothers, uh, and he might be able to have those conversations. There's so many men out there. They don't really have any friends. And men and to, men to think they yeah. talk. Right, right. They, men think they Who's talk deeply about things. Really talking, yeah. But I, I was just looking yeah. up the the the, the data. Uh, men under forty five, the second second most uh, second biggest cause of death is suicide. Oh man, that's unbelievable. That means you're not talking. Yeah, not you're not talking it through. Yeah, don't have so, a network. Thanks so much for calling, Myron. Greatly hey, appreciate hey, it. Hey, can I say one more thing? You got can it. I say one thing just before you let me go. Um, yeah, so tomorrow night we, we're having a thing called Men's Night it's on Facebook. They follow me. Um, but, but here's the thing. We're talking about male loneliness, and I think that's, that's where you were trending. Yeah. Like they're, they're saying now that male loneliness is more dangerous mm. than cigarette smoke. Unbelievable. That mm. the health outcomes connected with male loneliness uh, trend in a worse direction than things like substance abuse. Mm. And so, and, and there's obviously a cyclical connection. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I man. Think, thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Great man. And thank you. And, and thank uh, you for your service, man. You may you may be a complete jackass, but you you have served the United <laughs> States of America. And, and I can't I can't diss you for that, man. You, you're out there doing your thing. So so blessings to you, man. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, you know, those are those are some 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 really uh, great points by by Pastor Edmonds. Loneliness um, is a big thing. You talk about walk it off. You talk about walk off a sprained ankle. Right. Men try to walk off mental illness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm not even talking about illness because when, when you say illness, it's more diagnosed. I'm right. talking about those right. the, the feelings of loneliness, the feelings of insecurity, the feelings of dot, dot, dot. Right. Uh, you got to talk that stuff through, man. When you nah. experience trauma, uh, I was just h- hanging out with a friend of mine who, who, whose dad passed. Mm. He went to the funeral. 
We talked it through mm. as men. Right. I mean, we had a feelings conversation about what that felt like. And he talked about going to the grave site. Mm. Men have to do that. If you bottle it up and act like it's not yeah. there, it is there. Nah, that's that's a that's a great point. You know, I remember as we as we go to a break, I remember one of my close friends, uh, Josh Livingston from Prime Forge, um, a guy that I played basketball with, really close friends with. He passed away suddenly. Uh, he was he was murdered, and and passed away. I remember going to the funeral. I was maybe 22, 21. Mm -hmm. I remember going to the funeral, and I was trying hardest. I was trying my darndest not to cry at the funeral. And we figure how messed up that yeah, is. Yeah, 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 it's because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not, it's not even yeah. just, there's a part of it's like, hey, some of the boys want to be strong for the crew, the family. Yeah. But there was a part of it, Isaac was just like, I can't be a chump. And yeah. sit, this is because my boy Josh would have made fun of me if I cried at his funeral. Yeah. And it's that, it's that toxic masculinity there. that's so there. stupid. And when I look back on it, I never let him go because I never let that out until 15 mm. years later. 15 years after the fact, I was able to to really be emotional about that issue. But we got we got the lines lighting up, man. Um, got some really good callers on deck. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut to a commercial. We're going to be back with the Lance Day Show after these messages. He's the paragon of sports talk excellence. The Heisenberg of broadcast radio. The Wolf of Wall Street. You are listening to James Lewis III, host of the Lance J Radio Network. snitching on nobody in Harlem because when I come home, I'm still going to be the king. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7 Studios. Studios. James Lewis. Quote, fame in flat earth world is not without its pitfalls. However... As Sergeant Standing, um, Sergeant is, is the last name of one of the individuals that's organized this convention. As Sergeant Standing in the UK movement demonstrates, he was booked to speak at several conferences before he gave interviews to the BBC and Good Morning Britain, in which he espoused his belief that Earth exists under a dome like a snow globe. <laughs> I can never get through this segment. These interviews reflected, quote, badly on the community. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. I'm going to keep it 100. I really don't care if the world is fair. <laughs> Flat, I think, round, I, square. I, 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 just, I just, you know, you wake up every day. You breathe every day. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Coming in, Isaac. I'm actually, I'm actually going to go back to the phones. We have a, we have a caller coming in from, from Maryland. You're on live with, with, with uh, Ice Palmer Jr. and, and James Lewis on the Lance J Show. Um, who am I speaking to? Uh, I think you're referring to me. This is Frank Dent. That's you, Frank. There you go, Frank and Frank and um, it's 301 number, so it looks like Maryland. What's going on, Frank? Uh, thanks for calling in. 
Most definitely. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? on? Frank, thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate it. Most definitely. Most definitely. You got got something to say or or you want to answer a question? I got a question for you. Oh, um, yeah. If you have a question, yeah. I'll so it. check this out. Let, go ahead. You're, I, uh, uh, I think you are my age. Let's assume you are. When did you True. realize that the definition of masculinity that you you were raised with was wrong? I mean, just mm. utter bull. Mm. So, so I'm I'm <laughs> coming off the last segment when we talked about this masculinity, toxic masculinity, you, you got to be tough. You can't cry at a funeral. You can't cry at a funeral. Yeah. <laughs> when did you realize, you're in your mid-40s, when did you realize it, it's, you got you to gotta get rid of that? I would probably say when I got my heart broke and I realized that this Whoa. pain is too much wow. to apply those uh, parameters yeah um and so for my, for my own sanity i had to redefine my emotions so give give and us I a time it, period was this the wu-tang era or the kanye west era when did you get your heart broke you said which what, what was how were you defining the era? <laughs> how old were you wu-tang or kanye oh that was uh or drake it was Let's say 2000, which which hip hop artist would be attributed with the 2000s? Yeah, I think that's, oh, yeah. The, that's the that's the Jay Z era. That's the Jay Z yeah, era, that's yeah. The Rockefeller. Yeah, that's yeah. Rockefeller, yeah. Jay Z, what? Uh, Big Pimpin, BLDs. Jay Z, Clips. Hey, but you were a grown man. Right. You were a grown man, well past your 20s. Right. Now, were you right? That, but it was it was technically you know technically my first real relationship. But again, it was the intensity of the emotions mm-hmm. that made me be like I could care less about what they say. I need to figure out how to stay sane. Mm. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's like good. so, y'all. You know, y'all can go bottle. Well, first of all, you know, again your emotions are something that you're dealing with generally behind closed doors by yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you're somewhere in your house, not crying because that's what the world is telling you to. Mm. And it's at, it's, 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 ad, it's affecting you adversely. Then who the heck, why, you know what I'm saying? Like that don't, that's just stupidity. So I just learned to let it all go and let, let, let my emotions do what my emotions are trying to do. Because ultimately, it's going to be for the better betterment of me holistically. If, Frank, if if you don't mind me asking, what what did you do to to let it go? And I'm after he's. I'm going to tell you about my experience. Okay, right. I had an experience where I held things in for many years, and I didn't become a whole person until I actually. Did you go uh, to counseling? Did you do self help? Did you read books? Was it spiritual? What What All are some right. of the methods so, you use to move forward? So when I when I started when I realized that nobody can help you in these situations, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? Like nobody. It's like it's like, you know, no, no, there's nothing anybody can say that you know what I'm saying means a damn. Like, because again, it would be one thing if they were saying it, and they're they're the energy of the interaction was had a healing property to it. And and I'm not saying that doesn't exist. I just know in my life, I didn't have that. Mm. I do know that there's, there's those rare occasions where there is, you know, God will place someone in your life, maybe a, a, a friend or a mother or, but my, my, my family dynamics was just not, it was not, I wasn't, it wasn't set up that way. You know, and and here's the funny thing: the one person that could provide the healing was the person that I was receiving the pain and rejection from. I, I now, was gonna go there. We, we I could was get gonna in, go we there. We could get into the dynamics of how that happened or whatever, but literally, that was the, I guess you could say, you know, the the oxymoron in the whole situation. Like yeah. that, that in the where I where I used to get the healing, you know, and the uh, the affirmation and the the comfort 
was the source that was now projecting a whole, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but, but let me answer your question. When I found out back to what I was saying, when I literally found out for me, you know, I, and I can't speak for everybody's situation, but for me, there was no one that can help me. That's when I was like, okay, I did grow up learning that there's this higher power, right? There's this, you know, this magical source mm. that, you know, provides healing and, you know, you know, can, can, can do all of these things to, 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 you know, restabilize a person. And, and so check this out. Everybody was telling me to go, Oh, this is, well, I guess this brings, this goes to what we're talking about. Everybody was telling me to go get medical help, but I rejected that. Hmm. And maybe, maybe when I look back in hindsight, yo, dang, this is deep. <laughs> I probably should have done that, but it was that masculine right. definition. It's just counter cyclical to what we were taught to do. Yeah. Yeah, that probably caused me to 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 have to suffer to suffer more heartache right. than I actually had to. That's what happened. It's it's that thinking. That's crazy, yo. It's that Dang. thinking that you come out of high school with that you have everything the world needs. Right. You have it. You got yeah. everything your woman yeah. needs. Yeah, you got everything your job needs. Right. You don't have to grow. You don't. You don't have to go to any training seminars. You don't have to go to the doctor. I I yeah. I, I know. I know it. I know it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Frank. That's a that's a that's a fantastic call. And, and thank you for sharing parts of, of your journey. I think that they definitely have value to, to people tuning in, whether they're tuning in on the Facebook live or people that are that are listening to this on WVOL or any of the radio affiliates that carry Lance Day uh, radio network. Right. We, we greatly appreciate it. So thank you very, very, very much for for calling in and sharing that. My experience is such an interesting experience, Isaac, because you know, and for time's sake, because the lines are lighting up, I was going to tell these stories, but we don't need it because so many people are calling in, which is a good, good issue to have. But you know, the bottom line is, I was misdiagnosed significantly with with my mm. Lyme disease. So uh, Lyme is a very was very rare in 2010. I was misdiagnosed. I was told that I had diabetes, but my numbers weren't diabetic. And then I was told that the I went to an internist that believed that I had HIV. Asked me if I was a down low homosexual in mm. front of my mom. In the emergency room, and he asked me all of these questions. Um, he actually said, "He I, he said, are you a homosexual?" And I said, "No, sir," because uh, it's their job to ask that. And he said, yeah, "I just yeah. want to clarify: Do you have sexual relationships with men, but don't consider yourself to be a homosexual?" Now <laughs> we're a lot more involved in society now, so you you really can't take offense to someone asking you that yeah, in 2021. Yeah, yeah. But in 2009, you could take offense. And I've never used that type of language in front of my mom before or since when this person asked me that. But but I went through the whole rigmarole of getting diagnosed improperly. It was on 12 different medications before they found out what was going. That created a rift, two things. It created a rift, made me afraid to go to the doctor. Because yeah. I associated going to the doctor with getting butchered. I, I literally, Isaac, I had an instance. But not incident. just butchered, that interaction was terrible. I had an incident where I would be going to the ER and to urgent cares begging for help because I just wasn't getting better. I was getting sicker and mm -hmm. sicker. It's getting to where I could not drive anymore. It's getting where I could not take care of myself anymore. And I had an, um, an incident. I went to a provider in, um, in your community that you grew up with. I went to a provider. I was in the bathroom throwing up. I overheard the nurse saying that there's a junkie that's back in the nice. bathroom and me. So this was, we talk about, we talk about privilege mm -hmm. and me and you, even though we're black executives have access to service. Mm -hmm. We yeah, can get, if something's going wrong with us, we, a can, certain level we can get of, it taken yeah. care of if we go in. Now they can't make us go in, but if we uh, go in, we can get the operation, we get the hip fix, we can get whatever the ankle fix, whatever's going on. A lot of people that look like us can't, they don't mm -hmm. have the money. They don't have the opportunity, but that was such a provocative time for me because I'm thinking that I'm above that because I live in a nicer community and I drive a nicer car. And this lady, this lady had reduced me to a junkie mm. and I felt like a junkie, even though I wasn't. So 
I have so many issues with the health system, and but then from a from junkies a, think they're above junkies. I mean that that that's no way to treat there's no way to treat a drunk a junkie. That's a fantastic point. That's a fantastic it's, point. It's, yeah, that's a fantastic point. But I didn't get over the mental anguish of all of those things, the the sickness, losing stuff, losing my job. I eschewed care. I refused to go mm-hmm. see a see a clinician about the mental health aspect. Mm. I'm stronger than that. I'm just going to get back, dust myself off, be a boss, make money, get promotions, which I did all of those things. Move to Seattle, move to Phoenix, yeah. move to Pittsburgh, director, vice president, nicer car, bigger yeah. house, pool, all of that stuff. I wasn't whole until I sat down in that chair. I didn't sit down in that chair for six years. I was a completely radioactive person, consumed by mm-hmm. what I had gone through, mm-hmm. completely consumed. I remember waking up being angry at what happened. Just the sun, the sun hits the eyelids, angry. I remember going to bed, angry. I isolated myself. I've gone through that. Mm-hmm. And I just know. So when I, you know, when someone like Frank calls in or, or whether it's Myron or Brian, people talking about their story, mm-hmm. what either what they're um, helping people cope if you're Myron and, and you're really um, in a role where you help people move forward or you're Frank, you're just sharing that, hey, my heart was broken. That was, someone would say, most men would be like, man, that was 20 years ago. Why are you bringing yeah. that up? That's, that's irrelevant now. You're a grown, bleeping man. We have to address those things because those things fester. Just like we talked about your guy with the Uber and the ankle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he had rolled his yeah. ankle and that was ankle shadows. He got ankle chips floating around his ankles. He got yeah. to get his whole ankle reconstructed. Couple surgeries. It's the same thing with mental health. If you're not right up here, you're going to be radioactive to anybody that that you touch and come across, whether it's your kids, yeah. your spouse, whomever, your 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 employer, you're going to have those tendencies. And it was it was difficult for me. I was almost devastated to realize that I need help. I need to go to therapy. Isaac, once I went to therapy, it was like a month. I was a different person. They know what they're doing. Just letting all of those things out. It was just like unbelievable. It's like I've been suffering for six years. I went there in 90 days. I was back on my feet in a in a much better state. And and it goes back to I can't believe I wasted six years of my life not dealing with it. So let me tell my story story, on the other side of the spectrum. Only because I I I like people to understand that there is some very light mental health issues out there. They're not all heavy. They're not all all diagnosable. They not all need meds. Through the pandemic, middle of pandemic, I mean, I, you're stuck at, at, at the house, right? I was going through some mental changes, okay. right? And I just noticed myself more and more. Typical aging changes? Or no, 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 no. Just, just uh, like, I don't want to say depression, but okay. just, you know, just the lack of, of socialism. And right. I noticed myself in the mornings harder and harder to get up and do stuff. Mm. It took me a month to say something. To just verbalize to my wife, yeah, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just sluggish. Mm. You know what she said? You should exercise. Mm. I got on a treadmill and it, it cleared it right up. Mm. Just, I, you know, somebody would Get have to explain. Somebody would explain with it, with it, but something simple like right. that. But it starts with acknowledging right. and saying to someone, something is different. Right. Something is different. What should I do about it? Now, you, one of the things in, in my personal relationship with you guys, one of the things that. You and I have some great talks that we can't air. We talk about real stuff, and yeah, we grew yeah, up yeah. around each other in similar type of environments. Do you think that you have that skill as an executive? Because it's your job to communicate with people. That's what makes you a successful healthcare leader, the ability to be authentic and communicate. There are a lot of people that don't have skills that Isaac Palmer Jr. has because that's not their role. <laughs> they may be working at a stamping plant, working hard, uh, driving a bus, uh, they may, you know, be an entrepreneur and really a solo artist. They got not skills I don't to, have to manage uh, teams, and they have different skills that, that yeah. you have. Where does that fit in? Because it's I've always noticed with you, it's very easy to have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. Some people, it's not easy to have conversations with. And and how do we as men? What if it's just not natural? Yeah, you, yeah you're an yeah, authentic yeah. person. It's natural to talk. You ask if you ask Isaac a question, he's gonna give you a straight answer. Some yeah, people yeah. are not raised like that, and some people are not comfortable. So, th- so this you're getting to the crux of what right. what what little research is out there about black men is one thing says that black men have a tendency 
to follow their doctor's orders and see their doctors more if that doctor is black and male like them. And that's what you're talking about. That conversation is easier with another black male. I experienced it for the first time a couple of months ago. My primary care doctor is a black male. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't start off by shooting. We didn't talk about Kobe. We right. didn't talk about, but we got straight to the business at hand right. and it was comfortable right. just because I knew we had the same experiences. Now I went and, and at the, I think it's a good segue. So we have a, uh, we're up against the break. But I kind of want to talk because that's getting into the Match Foundation side mm-hmm. that you actually have a group that you're the president of that really helps to create those type of relationships. And I and I agree. It's uh, if it is my my primary care doctor is a black male. Was it for many years? Mm-hmm. Uh, moved to that when I started getting towards my forties, knowing that family history, more susceptible things. Wanted someone that would give it to me straight, mm-hmm. not just see me as 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 a case. So we'll 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 cut to a break. We'll come back more than Lance Day show after these messages. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Lance J here for Industrious Office Space here in Nashville. I'm constantly getting DMs and emails about the beautiful panoramic offices that we lease downtown overlooking the Music City. Industrious's offices and suites inspire productivity and their modern design and anonymities are unparalleled. They have a great staff and flexible lease options of 3, 6, and 12 months. Moving into our space has been the best decision I have made since becoming an entrepreneur. If you want to absolutely blow away your clients and turn your small business into a large business, go to www.industriousoffice.com and schedule a tour of the downtown Union Street or Gulch office. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. If you're a man, you don't cry about it. You take life, the ups and downs. If you're a real man, you never go down, you just stay up. That's why I'm the world champion. That's why this sport coat costs $800 and that costs $200. And I don't know what that costs, I'd be ashamed to wear it. That's why I'm wearing lizard shoes and a Rolex watch and I got a limousine sitting out there a mile long with 25 women just dying for me to go, woo! Because I'm the world champion, sucker. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. In the sports talk radio justice world, mediocre quarterback play and porous tackling are considered especially heinous. On the Lance J Show, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad at Paragon 7 Studios. These are their stories. We're gonna go. We're gonna to go to the phones because I have a, a a call in from Dayton, Ohio. This is Will in Dayton. I know that Will has a a uh, a clinical background, and I'm very curious. Will Will takes care of COVID patients, hmm. and he's been on the front line during this pandemic. So he's seen this from yes, you and I have seen it from from the administrative level. But we're Stop. up on the we're up on the thirtieth floor. Well, maybe you're not. Yeah. I'm definitely up on the third floor. I'm not going anywhere near. I'm still on the second floor. I'm I never made it no back to the second floor. Door, but but you but you might be a little bit closer. So, Will, first of all, it's good to talk to you. It's been a it's been a long time. Uh, I wanted you to call in to the politics hour so we could talk about guns and our affinity for the AR-15, the AK-47, the SP-5, and other automatic flamethrower chopper style guns. But that's not, I know that's not why you called in to, to talk. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to step aside. Um, what, what are some of your experience, you being a clinician, you seeing this healthcare thing straight up, you've seen it through COVID, you've seen it through other chronic illnesses. What, what are your thoughts about, about what Isaac and myself are talking about? Man, let me tell you what. First of all, I just want to say shout out James, shout out Isaac. I haven't seen Isaac in about twenty years since shoot, twenty five years maybe since high school. So Oh, hey, this man, is that Will? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's been it's been ten summers easy. But yeah, man, like uh 
I mean, you guys are just dead on, man. From the mental health to the to the the, the, the disparities, you know, that we that we, that we do see um, amongst black people. Um, COVID was rough. Mm. It was rough, man. It lost a lot of good people, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to before before you go on, man. I want to salute you because I follow you on on your gram, and you are mm-hmm. always putting nuggets of wisdom out there. And you were in the vortex of this. You were there when people' lives were being Bro. lost. You were a part of that. And Bro. and I think just from a mental health, Isaac, mm-hmm. we got to rally around our nurses and doctors that yeah. That, yeah. that actually Bro. took care of this. I mean. There's got to be PTSD in people like yourself. And, Will, you've always been strong, and you've always been someone that articulated your experience. You've been very candid about your thought about vaccination, your thoughts about the rate of death and all of that. So I just I want to salute you, man, and, and all of the other people that are out there listening that have been a part of, of, of trying to get on the other side of this pandemic. So definitely salute but before you go on. I just wanted to say that before, before you went on with your comments. Oh, man. I appreciate that, man. That really means a lot, man. And, and yes, the pandemic has definitely affected my uh, uh, psyche, if you will. You know, and we, you know, Josh was saying, you know, we try to stay strong as black men, this, that, and the other. But uh, yeah, so I do see some uh, counseling here in my near future. Hey, <laughs> you know, uh, it is. I'm it glad. Is hey, I'm glad is. to hear you say that, brother. I'm glad to hear you say that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely, man. So. So I work in a, a, a psych-related nursing home in West Dayton. Okay. And, uh, oh, my goodness. Like, it's, 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 it's just been one of the saddest things I've ever seen in Which my life, Which is the hood. Man. West Dayton is the hood. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's in the hood, man. Right. It's in the hood. And literally everybody in my building caught it. Everybody. Mm. You know, everybody in the building caught it. And we lost, out of 180 patients, we lost 40. Oh my goodness! You know, so that's, yeah, yeah, and it was it was it was it was bad, you know. But we we survived it. Um, you literally talk about a quarter death rate, almost twenty five percent. Oh yeah, it's oh, yeah. real. It's oh, real. Yeah. Right. Now yeah. I will say this: I will say this. Given the and I don't know the correct uh, lingo to use for the money side of things, but there was a, there was a huge involvement with with the money. With this, with this whole thing, and there were patients mm-hmm. that you know had they had to wait to be approved mm-hmm. for me to see them, you know, because because they can't swallow, they can't eat, they can't chew, right. Right. and then the, the 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 following the system and wait for the approval, the insurance certification. By the time I get in there to see them, they've got an open mouth posture, which basically means they dying. You know, mm-hmm. I could have made a difference, got me in there a week earlier. You know what I'm saying? So. That, that sort of thing does weigh on your mind a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I lost some, some people I was very, very close to, but I just want to, you know, really just salute you guys and just drawing attention to, you know, men's health because it's something that we don't really take, uh, right. we don't really take seriously, especially as we'll black take men. it seriously I, until I, we got to get a stint. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I was gonna say I've been hypertensive since Oakwood. Oh wow. Don't know that. Wow. Yeah, man. I don't know. Benign, ran through all the tests. We don't know. Been on the medication. So I've been uh, fortunate to have been one of those people that, you know, was, have been going to the doctor for the past 20 years right. to manage my blood pressure, you know. So, uh, and I, see, I that's funny, crazy. Will, because you, I would look at you, you're in shape. You're not overweight. Um, you yeah. know, I know that you're an active person and athletic person. So, Sometimes there's that element too, Isaac. People yeah. feel like they have a certain body type. It's like, ah, well, you know, I'm in shape. Yeah, I'll yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be all right. Absolutely. So, Will, but Will, That's tell me, tell problem, me this. Especially amongst us as men, we get to feeling invincible. We're in right. shape. You know, right. the outside looks good, aesthetic. Right. You know, the outside looks good, but what's going on on the inside of your body? You so, Will, Will, tell on? me this. Well, tell me this. You and another thing that I I would like to see more of is this black men and this black physicians. Yeah, getting um, the the help that they need because they're at the the top of the food yeah. chain, and I think mm. you know they know right from wrong. They know this area, but how many of them are actually going to get the counseling that they need? Mm. You know, in the dealing with these patients and the dealing with the loss, and you know, and all and all of that sort of thing. So, I mean, it's it's man. I don't I don't think anybody has all the answers, man. But I, I can't just, imagine man, losing I was, forty people that I knew in a couple of months. Like I just. 
I can't imagine Amazing. that. Colleagues or people that you work with, I mean, you have some level okay. of relationships with people, even if they're yeah. elderly. I just can't imagine uh, using, losing mm-hmm. that many people. You had a question for, for Will. Yeah, Will. So it sounds like you yeah. manage your health care very well. Yeah. What is your yeah. motivation? Because it sounds like you know what's going to happen if you don't manage hypertension. You seem to be educated oh. on, on what those next steps are. But what's your motivation to to stay on top of it? I'll be honest question. with you. My motivation literally is my family. Mm. You know, and unfortunately, I'm worth, worth more dead than alive. But they don't need me dead. I've got three young girls. Right. You know, I've got to stick around. I've got to stick around for them. And, and, and I'll tell you this, man, a friend of ours, I'm not going to mention his name, uh, James. You would know him from Oakwood. Recently had a stroke. Mm. He's our age. Mm. This guy's our age had a major stroke in the occipital lobe of his brain. Oh wow! He was out running marathons and doing all of this stuff. Yeah, friend, two friends of mine died like that. You're not going to the doctor, right? You know, and and and, and checking on the the inside. Yep. You're all worried about the outside and your endurance and all that stuff. For me, it was my it was my family. Mm. You know, and. And I'll, I'll be—I'll have a moment of honesty with you. I, I fought against that vaccine. I don't, didn't really want it, uh, and I'll never admit it on Instagram. <laughs> but I did end up getting it, and I—I I got it literally only for my brother's mental health. Position. Mm. Mm. Nah, I think, I, I think that, that is—that's another conversation that I think is pertinent. Um, people. I've 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 run up against people, um, both of you guys, and it's good having another healthcare person on. I've had people, uh, Will, that that told me I was sheep for getting the vaccine. Mm. They told mm-hmm. me I was sheep. They told me I was sellout because I've been someone that's kind of promoted. I've used my healthcare platform and my relationships as a as a healthcare executive and consultant to promote. I've always been a person that said, "Hey, I want people to educate. I'm not trying to jam this thing into your arm. Educate yourself." Make a decision. If yeah. it's not for you, then there's nothing wrong with saying that it's not for you. What mm-hmm. I what I get frustrated with is spankies that want to make the decision for you mm-hmm. and say, I'm not gonna take it. So Isaac, if you get it, Will, if you get it, you're a sucker. You know, you're getting played, you're getting played by yeah. the white man, you're getting mm-hmm. played by the depopulation, yeah. uh-huh. you're getting into the InfoWars, uh, Alex Jones, people of the world. Um, right. I think what what is I don't work on the front lines with members, although working in healthcare. So I can't really do what I do and then not take the vaccine. What was your thought process as someone who was actually in, um, in a skilled nursing facility, a nursing home? What was your thought process and what do your colleagues and coworkers think? Cause I'm sure all of them don't want to take the vaccine. You're in West Dayton, you're out in Trotwood probably that's, that's a yep. black area. So we know that that's a part, that's the side of town where there's there's mm-hmm. less trust in that west side of Dayton than anywhere else. And it's not like Miamisburg. It's not like uh, Kettering. It's not like some of those other areas. So what, what what's yeah. kind of the, the water cooler or coffee talk that you guys are having, people that work in that facility on if, if they wanted to get it or not? So essentially it just boils down to distrust. And I feel like, you mm. know, we've been distant uh, so long. And we look at situations like the Tuskegee experiment and right. uh, various myriad other situations in which, you know, our, our government has let us down, not only as a, 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 the United States, but as, as black people as well. And so the conversation is this huge distrust. They do not trust it. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7 Studios. Studios.